and then you should be able to hear us. And tell me if it's too loud or not enough. Oh, yeah, yeah I got it. That's not. Oh, okay. So you should be able to hear us. Is it good, that yeah. level? Okay, cool. Okay, good. And then uh, I don't have strong hands. Yeah, so, yeah, Rick, just so you... Testing, one, two. Yep, Testing. does that sound good? Yeah, so just so you know, so we're, uh, this is a this is our first year doing this whole RV thing, and uh, I remember, you know, seeing your over-the-truck camper and this giant Battleborn logo. I'm like, man, I got to get into something like that. So we had to outdo you a little bit and do this whole mobile battleborn uh rv setup here and i think you know all this is powered by battleborn so that's that's really cool well and you know of course that's their strength is mm -hmm. i understand is the rv industry has right. been historically uh their strength and uh and they're trying to expand uh because i met dennis and sean mm -hmm. and i only met sean three years ago yep. i hadn't seen him since yep. i didn't even know he was still there but uh, he, uh, and that was about three years ago yep. at the Classic. Yep. Uh, that's where I met him. And, uh, but I really was off the minute, just Dennis just impressed me mainly because of his, he, he's one of those rare, what I call visionaries. Mm -hmm. He really tries to see how to make the world a little better. Yep. And uh, we need a lot more of those, and, and there's just not enough of them. Uh, and he seems to, think out of the box uh the, the other one that's like that is that i've been around my whole life now is johnny morris yeah yeah and and einstein made a statement that i love it fit it fits johnny morris to the t and, and it fits dennis to uh to in my way and he he made this statement that he you know me i like to get sure into the, love and it what, yep. what my how my brain works and what's the driving force Anyway, Einstein being a physicist and trying to study all of the physics and laws of relativity and, the, you know, a unified theory. But he, each time he came up with something, he finally made the statement that all my discoveries don't come from a rational mind. It comes from another source. And he finally made this statement that he said that, you know, the uh, creative, imaginative, intuitive mind is the gift. Mm. The, the rational mind is a faithful slave. Yeah. And Makes sense. he said, That's but modern society has made the rational mind the master and, yeah. has, and has forgotten the gift. Mm. And Johnny and and uh, and Dennis alike are both uh, those type of people that that they still have the they still look at the gift. They still trust looking out outside the box. And the other thing is common, I know with Johnny and I suspect with Dennis, is that they have a poorly developed sense of fear. Mm -hmm. Right. That they're willing to... No, they don't know what risk is. Yeah, they, they know the numbers. They're very intelligent people, but their fi final decision always comes from their heart. Right. You know, even if the numbers... Don't, don't, don't make sense. Don't make sense. And, of course, Johnny's done that as well. And, and Dennis seems to be a lot the same way. So I made immediately related to that uh, you know, of course, boats, our boats, uh, you know, we can look at the advantages there, but but the reality is the bigger picture mm -hmm. of what Melissa has a craft deal, and uh, and we've made put solar panels on it and yeah. used a lot of the sure. battleborne equipment sure. to make. And it's funny, it's a small thing, but it, again, here I'm going to quote another author, Emerson's uh, favorite, one of my favorite deals with him is self reliance. And even though when we put that, those 
panels on their little her little craft shop and sure. around their garden sure. and we put all the, the solar the batteries to store and all of a sudden we had an off the grid a uh, little deal there small but still the sense of self-reliance that emerson always promoted uh, you felt that right and it, yeah nowadays it's it's very hard to become completely self-reliant sure. we're, we're all dependent on power and connected to our phone yeah I like the fact that, and I'm going to try to, you know, expand it to my boat barn and, right. and, and use all the things that this type of equipment says. You know, we, we you see the world right now. It's, oh, a, crazy, yeah. it's a crazy place. So <laughs> yeah. the more self-reliant you can be, if possible, the better off you're going to be. Absolutely. So you kind of jumped into something I wanted to, I, I, I'm fascinated by you with uh, when you talk about the mind and understanding it and control and having your emotions under control. And I wasn't really going to go here that quick, but when, <laughs> when you started talking about Dennis and Johnny having that, not that they don't understand risk, but like you said, uh, they assess everything, but then they go with their heart. How, where do I go with this? How in fishing and the way you've lived your life, like, how have you gotten to that point where you have some sort of control of your mind? Because I feel like what you guys do is a super emotional roller coaster. Uh, what made you think that when I come home <laughs> after yeah. a long day? He has no control of his emotions. <laughs> and then I look at you, and you do, and I feel like I don't have any control of my emotions. And what's that process? Like, where did you start back however long ago to even understand you needed to have that sort of control? Well, it was it was a long process, and and it's 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 a continuous one. You never completely get control. Um, I mean, it's uh, because the, the, the mind, body, and spirit have to work together, and uh, and the mind contained within it is multiple levels, and in the gut feeling. Let's use a term that most people are comfortable with, mm -hmm. or Einstein said, intuition. It's a powerful part of you, but in our society, since we've gone to school for 20 years, teaching you that the rational mind is what right. it's about, mm -hmm. the intellect is what it's about, then it and the ego want to take over and become mm -hmm. the master. So you're going to battle that your whole life. Uh, and, and again, you just, the, 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 good, the fun term is the heart. We learned, you have to relearn to trust it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's kind of what you know to me. That's been the greatest gift in fishing was that it taught me that. Much like uh, you know that, especially when I started, there wasn't a whole lot of things to read about, right, 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 and study it. So you had to go out there and turn your. One of the real keys to it is turning your awareness to the highest level possible, right. And uh, you, your your five senses, if you're not using them at their highest level. And it's, it's hard. It's almost impossible to use them at their highest level. Then you can't possibly hope to tap in to extraordinary senses. Right. And that's where I think the intuition and all that can be lumped into. So what's your process of tapping into that awareness? Like, do you have physical things you do uh, on a daily or weekly or just period? The only thing outside of just being on the water by myself 12 hours a day where I don't have to say a word to another human being <laughs> where I just I'm just thinking I'm just thinking the only other thing has been forms of meditation which I studied uh, in a great deal when I was younger 
and you learn that there's a lot of different forms or a lot of different philosophies about it. And I had the, the, mo the biggest problem with most of them was that it took a lot of time. Right. In other words, and mm -hmm. if you're out there fishing and all of a sudden you, you, you're ready to pull your hair out, and you, you can't sit down for 20 minutes and, you know, go into right. a pose. And, and, and then I learned a technique called dynamic meditation. But you have to gain it through the, the original meditation. Most meditators have a point in that once they get to that state of oneness, that something in their body, mind, which is a high energy level, mm -hmm. would, would, okay, that became my, what I knew I was there. So dynamic meditation was a term that you learned that, what your address was, mm -hmm. and then you learned a way to get it quickly. Like right. you, when you're in the boat standing and, and, and you lost a six pounder, and uh, you know, all of a sudden you can go into it, and I got to where I could get that energy level real quick, and then I just basically, I'm not asking for anything, and just a pure mind and a pure heart. Sure. Uh, and everybody has their own little mantras and stuff they say. But that's the only thing outside of it that I could do outside of just being out there, being on the water, and, and letting your senses, your, your smell, your sight, your hearing. You know, fishermen, we our feel is is extremely, you can feel the mm -hmm. bottom, you can you, now with electronics, your whole world of, of, of awareness has increased. It Completely used to be just different a, angle now. Used yep. to be above the surface. Sure. Now it's yep. below the surface. But you you can feel the bottom with your lure. You can hear you. We can we can hear a fish splash behind us mm -hmm. and, and tell you what it is ninety percent of the time. What it is and the exact distance we need to turn around, right. cast the angle, everything. Yeah. Without turning around and looking, right. that, your hearing is elevated. So all your senses, whether they're at their highest level or elevated much like you know if you're a primitive man unfortunately in modern society we're encapsulated there's not saber-toothed tigers out there that if we're going to jump us any minute right right so so it's it's and it it's 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 difficult i mean i fight it even to this day so don't feel feel bad you know i early in my career i was like i can really? you know everybody everybody critiques i can and and I, and I go, you know what I got critiqued critique for in my early career? I was too quiet. Really? I'd win a tournament. Why don't you show any emotion? You know? Yeah, they're never satisfied. So they're never satisfied. Right. So, but uh, race God and Bob Cobb back then, <laughs> but they would never put it on back then. Right. right. Nowadays, of course. Now they want the drama. They'd yes. repeat it over yeah. and over. Shut yeah. it yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So... No, it's it's a it's a battle that, and it's continuous. I hate to, I would like to tell you that you once get there, you stay there, but you don't, because that your ego and and the rational intellectual mind wants to regain control. So, wow. can I ask what your mantra is? Like your like, it, when you're on the boat, you lose that six pounder. What's your? It, and I'm sure you you've been meditating so long, so it's how quick you get into it is probably like mind blowing, but. Is there something you tell yourself? Or I, uh, I recently was diagnosed with a movement disorder, and I had to go to a, a neuropsychologist. And uh, part of it, Chris had to—he could hear it because it was all done through. Most of it was done through video because the COVID situation still. But she, part of a huge part of it was mindful meditation that she she taught me. And the stuff she would go over was just like more like body stuff, you know, working yourself down your body, just kind of pretty basic, I would assume. But when you're on the boat and you lose that six pounder, like what do you, is there something specific you do every time? Well, it's mostly breath. Breathe work. Yeah. And, 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 but, and 
it's like any, it's, let's just draw an example of, of an athlete. Mm -hmm. Okay, when you train for something, you don't have to, and you're training for it day after day, then you don't have to take a long time to get, get into back it. to that point. Right. You know, and so meditation is the same way. And then when, when, when you stop doing it for a while, it takes longer to get back. Mine was, was a energy flow. My energy flow would increase. You know, when you were breathing and you're doing that, all that early, relax your shoulders, relax your right. drill, focus, you know, one you know thing. And then you start breathing in and breathing out. Mm -hmm. You feel the energy go through all your, your energy centers, your chakras. And, uh, and that would get very, very intense. And then that became my way of doing dynamic meditation. They said I could take... One or two deep breaths could breathe that energy through those chakras, and immediately, immediately, I could immediately, because I was in shape, feel the energy right. just pop right back. Right, and then I and I was simply just, you know, calm, pure mind, pure heart. You know, and 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 it, they have to work together, but but again, the, the heart has to be the master. You, you, we have, we have, don't ignore the intellectual part. I mean, mm -hmm. we've studied and we know a lot of things as anglers or as humans about what we do. And don't I'm not saying ignore that. But sure. Don't don't let allow your heart to okay analyze all that. This is what's coming in. It's windy. The blowing. The fish are hitting. Doing this. They're hitting right. this kind of bait. And but then let your heart say okay, you know, you know what's the and people and people go. Well, how do you know it's your heart versus right. your rational mind? Mm -hmm. Mine was very simple. Fear is never attached to the heart. It's like I said okay. that Johnny Morris and. Dennis, I think, have a poorly sensitive development fear. Right. Uh, and with your heart, fear is not attached to it. With your mind, fear will be attached to it. Right. The rational mind is also weighing in the positives, but it's also weighing in the negatives. Right. Speaking so. of fear, I, I remember uh, just a, a couple years ago, we were, COVID-19 had hit the, the Elite Series, and all of us were on a several-month-long break. We were just getting back into it, and... Um, Bass had sent out an email to all the anglers on their opinion about, you know, going traveling up to New York with this this new COVID thing and everything, and we were just getting back on the clock. Um, and I remember all these Elite Series guys were bickering back and forth through email. Well, I can't do this because my wife says this, or my family, I don't want to endanger my family. I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. This huge, long email thread was going on, and I remember you gave your two cents. Actually, I, I copied and pasted here because I wanted to bring it up, um, but it was regarding New York elite opinion. And based on what you just said here, it's almost identical. And you wrote, living in fear is not living. I'm in the high-risk group, but the risk there in a tournament is very low. We all know the precautions. I will be around maybe one hour a day. I will be on the water my uh, in my camper for 23 hours. You cannot social distance more than that. There's a mental... There's a mental health side to all this as well and nothing will help that more than a five pounder on the end of your line rick klein and i remember when i wrote, read that to trey my wife he, she just said mic drop there it is right there every all these anglers are picking back and forth living in fear and i'm over here thinking you guys fish professionally for a living you get to do this go up north <laughs> yeah no and you're and you're right and it's so easy to get caught up and and uh I mean, and again, the negativity is of the world because that seems to be what gets ratings. Mm -hmm. That's what you, you turned. And, uh, and this was like 1978, 
Mm-hmm. I think in 1970, I had won two classics. You so won a class in 78. Yep. I've won two in a row. And we had the next classic at Lake Texoma. And George Bush Sr. was going to be at that classic. And, and there, so it's the first time we ever had, President. Uh, you know, he was running for a president or something. I forget exactly what. But it's the first time we ever had the big time media there. We had small newspapers and stuff, yeah, sure. but we never had the Washington, the New York papers, the Chicago papers. The all they all showed up. Wow, well, Texoma, Texoma, wow, classic. And uh, anyway, I had on the back of my shirt, which always had a message back then. I had the future is ours, and, uh, and of course Ray, I just won the classic the year before, and we had the press conference, the big, the first big press conference, and George got up and talked, and Ray. He finally said, Rick, come on up here a minute. He said, I want you to tell me what, is, what, what that means on the back of your shirt. He says, you seem to always have such a positive attitude about everything. And uh, it was, yeah, I said, well, yeah, well, I said, I, I said, oh, I just fish. I said, I, I don't read newspapers. The only thing I ever look at in a newspaper is the cartoons or the sports page. Wow. And I said, I, ne- I only watch the news about, you know, once every two weeks. And I said, I, the world is great. I mean, I don't, I know there's bad things going on, but I figure something really bad is going on. One of my friends will come tell me we'll about tell it. We'll <laughs> yeah. tell you. Yeah, we're fixing to get blown up. Yeah. Somebody will tell, sure. me, tell me about it. Sure. Anyway, so I got off, and all of a sudden, when that press conference is over, I walked outside, and the Washington paper, the New York paper, the LA paper, the Chicago paper, guys were outside waiting on me. Oh. And here's what they told me they said, you know, son, if you ever say something like that again, you will, we will promise you will never get another piece of ink the rest wow. of your life. Wow. How about that? Wow. And I looked at one of them and became friends with him later, a guy <laughs> named Gene Mueller from Washington Paper. I said, did I say anything that wasn't true? And he said, no, but that's the way our papers make their money. Yep. I, I said, well, I'm, I was just promoting, why can't we do 50-50? 50 good news, 50 bad news. Right. <laughs> And I mean, I'm not, I'm not naive. I know there's plenty of that. But so, like so it. unfortunately, I still have that the kind of that philosophy that I really try not to. No need to dwell on what's bad. You are, you have your situations in life already. Right. Why, why well, bring another? And it's not something we only have control over this entity. You know, right? So. Yeah. That's coming from the woman that loves watching, you know, all the desperate housewives and all that, where they just bicker back and forth. And she loves that stuff. She's a uh, woman. I, I watch that stuff because you probably don't even know what he's talking about. But, uh, you know, I'm with dudes all day. So I got to get that, <laughs> that drama feel somewhere. So, well, and that's another example of that. Is there any original? Any, is there anything original anymore? In other words, I. I kidding my granddaughters about it. I said, you're all watching that because it's going to teach you how to treat your husband. <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa. Do, then you have to do, do, learn to do it on your own. Yeah. You know, come up, yeah, with, that's come, right. come up yeah. with your own obscenities. You don't have yeah. to. That's hilarious. Yeah, it seems like in, you know, in this day and age with you know, social media and, and, and you know, our, not only is our sport evolving, but just the whole world evolving just so fast and, and everything is just – in your face and everything and you've done a good job at just kind of staying you know staying in the sport staying relevant obviously um and how is that so like let's go back to and i i had some very uh kind of personal conversations with you when all that stuff was going down back in 2019 when there's this giant bass split and mlf split and everything um 
things have caught, you know, the dust has settled quite a bit, but, um, do you remember when they said, yeah, it's going to make the sport better. It's going to make, you know, more eyeballs. We're going to have more eyeballs and, and, and more views and this and that. Has it done that? Well, you know, I, I've been real reluctant to uh, make comments on it yeah, right? uh, yeah. because I, I tried to really look at that as a com other competitions shouldn't make you better. Me, me competing against the best or, or make, should make me better. Right. And uh, but now it's been three years, and uh, I, you know, the, there's the there's a big sadness to me is now that when I look at it is that so many of those guys and good friends and were good friends and still are, they wrote the final chapter in their book. Right. You know, even somebody like Kevin, yeah. he wrote the when he left Bass, he wrote the final chapter in the Kevin Van Dam book. You say, what do you mean? I said, well, because that's his history. That's his legacy. That's ever records. That's what every fan relates to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's that book. Mm -hmm. Now, can he write another book? Uh, sure he could, but is he, it's going to take 10 to 15 years yep. to write another book right. in this new organization. Right. And so many, now if you're a young guy that went over there and then let's say they, 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 they maintain their success, they, they become successful. Uh, then you, yeah, that young guy can write a book. He's going to be there for 20 years. Sure. Okay. But so that's kind of the part that was sad to me. And the other part was that they really forgot what makes this sport what it is. They forgot why they got into it to begin with, their love to fish. Mm -hmm. and, they, and, they, and, they, and it's just all of a sudden it became a money thing. And yes, we need money. Sure. But still, if it overshadows your love for what you do, right. then that's why you took this chance anyway, to pursue your love. So uh, don't give it away so quickly for just a few more dollars potentially. Uh, so no, I'm a I'm a little, you know, the, the, they're like example. You know, I can sit there and pick it apart. Sure. I've watched it now, but it doesn't make any sense to me because it's it's like all of a sudden if the NFL decided, okay, we're no longer going to keep score, touchdown, and field goals. We now the winner's going to be based on total yardage. <laughs> really. <laughs> After all these years of records, now it's going to be, and we know how many times a team with total yardage right. doesn't win the game. Sure, right. So, and, I, and now they've gone to zero in the last day, and mm -hmm. I go, really? Mm -hmm. I said, we worked for all these years to have three and four day formats to eliminate luck. Sure. We're like golf. Sure. Right. If at the Masters Golf, Tiger Woods, after three rounds, and they went to the top 50, went to the final round, and say, okay, we're going to zero to get score. Right. Tyler, anybody can beat Tyler yeah. that's on their game of their life yeah. one day. One that's day. Why you Wind win. blows something, yeah. yeah. Sure. So what you've allowed is luck to, to play too big a role again when you zero the final day. So I don't know who's making those decisions. Right. They're very poor decisions from the standpoint of having a, a, a sport that has integrity. And, of course, bottom line is you cannot have 180. Well, how many is it? I, I forgot the right number. They're, they're marshals and themselves. That's 160 tournament directors. Okay. And, and 80 scales. Yeah. You can't have a legitimate tournament. No. You've got to have one tournament director, one scale. Yep. And right. they say, well, our scales are accurate. <laughs> the best computers in the world have glitches in them. Yeah, plus or minus yeah. something. And the operator. And each one of those has operator. an operator as well. A lot so, of yeah. we, we, do, we do sure. it. Sure. And, and, the Bass Fest. and I watch mine at Bass Fest. Uh -huh. And if that boat, if that boat's rocking, yep. that scale that doesn't settle. Yep. 
it has to stop, and yep. then it will settle. And the marshal's pressured. Like, He's like, he wants to call it out for you, you know. It's, something I'm going to do you I know, your favor, and it's I, not. It's, it's just a, the way it is. Yeah, It's just human nature. It I is. watched Fast Live Lake Fork this year, and I watched it happen yeah. on live, yeah. and I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't know the marshal seemed like a great guy, but I watched him calling yeah. it with the camera on it when he shouldn't have called it. Right. And, and and that's why, you know, like, like Lisa Talmadge, I don't know if she's ever come up to you and said, you know, that that five pound scale, you know, it's one scale, it's one five pound scale, it's one tear number, it's one, uh, it's yeah. one calibration. If it's, it's wrong, it's wrong for everybody. Right. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. So anyway, but let's get off. Yeah, that. Sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, cause I, there are young anglers, and I, I I welcome vehicles that allow more young anglers yes, to, always. Yeah. to participate. Speaking more chances, of, opportunities. Uh, yeah. Cody Huff, I know you kind of kind of took not took him in under your wing, but I know you kind of bounced things off of him, and you've you spoke praises about him. That guy is an absolute hammer stick. That's the first time I've talked to him uh, back at Pickwick just a couple couple tournaments ago. That guy's a, a really unbelievable angler. I know. Uh, well, he's 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 one of those young anglers I'm talking about that I've observed now for three years, and the people say, "Were well, the old anglers better, or the or are you anglers better?" And I said, "After three years, let me ask you a question." I said, "If Denny Brower or Tommy Biffle won a tournament in the past, how would he do it?" Ninety <laughs> percent of people would say flipping Flip or pitching. It. May not be true, but that's how they would say. If David Fritz or Paul Lyles won a tournament, how'd they do? Cranking. <laughs> What that point brings out is that we were specialists, okay? Yeah. And when our thing was working, we were hard to beat. Right. But now, you look at these anglers, they're not specialists. I mean, they're good with the depth finders. Like you mentioned, Cody Huff, them forward-facing, they, they embrace that so quickly. They, they, they're great eyes because they're young, and they're yeah. sight fishing. They can use sissy equipment like I used yeah. to. When yeah. I won the U.S. Open out like me, and I said, yeah. you guys will never beat me with that sissy stuff. <laughs> well, they're beating me now. <laughs> <laughs> so they're good with the sissy stuff. They're good with the power stuff. They're not specialists. That makes them, to me, probably the best anglers overall that we've, we've seen in a long time. They adapt do, do you very I think well. that's because I, I, to be a professional bass fisherman now and, and with all the television, all the media coverage, a, a young angler looks at that and says, I want to beat that guy. I'm going to do whatever it takes to beat that guy. And all this information is here for me to kind of use. I mean, it's it almost seems like you talk about the specialist thing. I, I feel like I'm a specialist when it you know, comes to the swim bait thing. We get a little hard-headed. We get our butts kicked every time you know we, we come again, uh, across a diverse tournament. Um I mean, why, why are guys so, you know, uh, why do they have so many clubs in their bag now? I mean, I, I, it didn't it, used to be like that. No, it didn't, and uh, it didn't have to be, and now it does, um, you know, because we uh, – it, it, it just floors me. You know, the last tournament we had, I, I've never seen a tournament that you couldn't make a cut with 20-pound days. Yeah. And uh, and so is that just the lake? Yeah, the lakes are, are, are seem to be getting better. I, but I think it's a combination of two that lakes, some are getting or scheduling the better lakes, but it's also these anglers are so good. Good. They're so good. And you, you mentioned Cody. The kid is good. He's good. He's and he and, and he gets back. Cody is a, is an outdoor kid. He has natural intuition about right. the outdoors. Yep. He was raised in in Douglas County, Missouri, yeah. which is nothing but woods and woods. deer and turkey sure. and raccoons. And he spends every day, even when I call him at home, I'll go, hey, Cody, what's going on? 
I'm sitting in my stand. Don't don't don't, don't bother me. <laughs> so, but he but he has that nat, he has that awareness to doubt. He understands natural rhythms. Got to have it. Yeah, and you got to have that. And now he's putting the modern electronics with it. He, so it's a, it's just an overall understanding, and he, he ain't the best he's going to get. He's going to get better. I, I, I'm trying to tell him you still got to learn to fish shallow every once in a while. Yeah, no, no yeah. doubt. I mean, I know it's different times, but let's say like in the when you know competitive bass fishing '80s, '90s. I really, you know, when I start first started watching it in the '90s, you know, everyone had the jerseys. Everyone, you know, everyone started uh, looking like a professional. Do you feel like the competitive drive was? uh was there back then like it is now i mean you look at a lot of guys are they're going to bed early uh they're not staying up drinking beer and and things like that i mean that's kind of what i hear in the state of texas anyways but is that how it was on tour even Oh yeah, you know when I first got into it, I, I realized the guys I could beat pretty quick because because they, <laughs> <laughs> they never slept. They, they never me. slept. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I said, "You might get me one day, but you're not going to get me three. Not four, yeah, three day <laughs> so, tournament." Yeah, but wow, uh, and that's that night and day now. You know, even the ones that aren't married, you know, they they even put the most tempted thing to man on the planet women second hand until the tournament's over yeah, right. <laughs> see that's serious yeah, yeah. so uh you know it's uh and like you say i can remember when it would be a rough day like we had uh, the final day at new york practice remember mm -hmm. how sure. that was yep. and i would go to the ramp there'd be three or four of us the rest of them wow. would not Just go out. out they would not go out and and woo, woo davis would always make a comment he said yeah clun and name Three or four others. They're the only ones practicing, David. We're not going to practice. How about that? You see that now? No. These guys they break stuff. And they get back at dark. Absolutely. So, it's no, they're, they're doing what it takes, both at the mental and the physical level. Man, what, what do you time. What do you contribute that to, that change in mindset? Really, I think it's... Uh, um, I think... Most of them, I don't know who, you know, I'm not going to say, I know, okay, I'm just trying to think what, what affected me most, because I can't speak for these guys, you'd have to each right. one of them. But what affected me most was I picked out one or two anglers that I said, that's who I want to be like. Right. There you go, yeah. And I said, and they were always the ones that were working harder. Yeah. Not right. ever, they were working harder, they were thinking harder. Mm hmm and uh and i said that they're the two that i want to be right and and be honest with you that the two that i picked at that point in time were tommy martin mm -hmm. and elroy Good Kruger, which you probably don't know from, no, Santa, don't know. from San Antonio, no. texas wow uh he was fishing the circuit back then and he was he was one of the, probably the number one angler in the state of texas for years yeah. uh, and he was but he was one of those guys who robert frost wrote two roads diverge in the woods and i chose one less traveled and made all the difference that was Elroy's nature. He just totally never went the, the you know, the beaten path. Right. And uh, and he just, gosh, he worked hard. And uh, and Tommy did. And so so I'd have to say that they're doing the same thing. Maybe yeah. there's just more of the, those role models just expanded. I think there are. You know, you got to give Kevin a, a lot of credit for that because they see, you know, how hard Kevin mm -hmm. throws. You know. 
I mean, I, and I was timed at the class I won in 1990. I was at timed at seven and a half cast a minute by my Chicago school. Oh, wow. Driver. How about that? He'd yeah. hang out in the boat with you and, yeah, yeah, and record yeah, on Yeah, he was my, Very he cool. was my rider the, the, my, my second day. And he, he didn't talk. I thought he was sick because riders tried to pick your brain in some part because that's how they make their money. At the end of the day, recording. I go, uh, what's, you okay? And he said, yeah. He said, I'm not really a sports rider. He said, he came from Chicago. Well, he didn't have a sports guy. I'm a Ch Chicago Cub baseball statistician. He said, so they said, do you want to go? And I said, yeah. And he, I noticed he was taking numbers. Mm -hmm. over. And he said, you want to know how many casts you were making a minute? I said, I never thought about never the, thought math, about the math. He said, you were making seven and a half casts in a minute in the morning. You dropped at six and a half in the middle wow. of the day. You were back to seven and a half casts at the end of the day. You made 2,348 casts of the day. You, you, you hooked uh, and caught 24 fish. And, and you know, and he, and then he said, "You want to know how many times you were hung up?" And I said, "Not really." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'm telling you anyway." He said, "You were hung up forty times, forty-two times." He said, "You only moved the boat twelve of those forty-two times to get your lure, and you never lost a lure all day." Oh wow! Cool. So that kind that of information is, yeah. now became more common, right? And so you, it was really not just guessing. It was, you know, Kevin, they were watching Kevin and watching him. And I'm sure plenty of guys, because that was written about in Bassmaster, read that. And Being like efficient. Say, all these different guys that were really good at something, now they could sit there and analyze and say, okay, for me to be good at that, I got to, wow. you know, Shaw Grigsby in bed fishing. You right. can use one guy after another. Guido Hibden in bed fishing, those kind of guys. Everyone study the best, and that's what they've done. Wow. Yeah, that's. I, I think you know uh, to answer that question, I, the trade had a, uh, you know, I think Bass has done a, a fairly good job at kind of glorifying winners and champions like yourself and and like me myself. Just you know, fifteen twenty years ago, I'm like, man, I want to be, I want to be just like Kevin, just like that. You know, winning tournaments and everything. What do I need to do to get there? Obviously, the cream rises to the top, and and hard work absolutely does that. Um, but I, I have a question for you. You've closed so many times. I have closed zero times, whether it's going into day four in the lead or in second place. And um, I like I like working hard. I like finding new things, finding new water, establishing new patterns on the fly. But it seems like whenever I come close, and it's probably a really hard uh, question, uh, question to answer, but how do I close? Like I, I mean, like in point blank, how how... I know it's different for everyone. But he does not have, meditate. I can promise I you that. I don't meditate. I probably need to start He's there. not religious. I'm 10 years into my career, and I've come close, so many seconds, so many thirds. Um, what What do I need to do to close? I've discussed one of them with you. Yes, you have. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. But, but no, that's not. It's, it's, yeah. it's human nature, but it's just that. I, you know, I've, I've watched you in some later tournaments, and I, I think I'm seeing an improvement there. But it, but in fairness to you, the styles of your baits yeah. make, make that part harder. Yeah. But the one only thing I can tell an angler about that is that I think can help, and and it's such a mind deal, is to maximize every single day. I don't care if you have twenty four pounds that first day. See if you can make it twenty five. I don't care if you're tired and it's only an hour left in the day. Maximize every day. Like you know, and then maximize the nest and maximize, the and that's the that's the only thing I know to be in a closer is that 
I can't assume nothing. I, you know, I, that last tournament I won at St. John's, yep. I almost lost it because I didn't maximize the first day. The first day. And I made up for it by super maximizing the last the day. The last day, yeah. right. Because I only had 17 pounds and I left my face the first day. Oh, you left them? I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Because it had been tough practice. Right. And I said, this is a good bag. There was other boats in the area. And I said, I ain't going to beat them to death. So I left and went back to the marina. I, I thought that it cost me the tournament. But then when I saw the weights, the next day I had over tw I had that 23 and then 24 and then 35, almost 35 the final day. Right. So, and, and a lot of that, is, that can be fatigue. You know, you, you, that can be just relaxing. Go, wow, boy, I got, back, I got that, that bag that, that I right. was shooting for. Uh, and yet we don't know if that's enough. So, you know, you got to be smart about that. You just don't beat certain fish to death. I understand that. Yeah. I but, know the, but at the same time, you know, nowadays, boy, it's just, you know, that extra pound or two or extra ounces or so make, make, will make a difference toward the end. And it makes a difference toward your mentality going into that last day. Right. You know, uh, it's... Uh, so in other words, the fish like there's no tomorrow. I mean... Well, it is, and it's just, it's it's uh, it's kind of, like I say, you you fish at the at the highest level you can. And when I mean maximize, it's, it's going beyond just catching fish. It's fishing mentally, physically, spiritually at the highest level can, you can that day, making the right decisions. At the end of the day, you feel good about every decision. Every decision, right. You know, you, you didn't, I've had days where I didn't do real good, but I love what I did. So, um, and, and each person has to answer what that is. Yeah. You know, the first thing I talked to you about was I, I critique the way you fight fish. Yep, yep. And, uh, but, but again, in fairness, I thought about that. The baits you use, big spoons and big <laughs> swim baits, um, I don't fish those. You, you told me to keep those hook points moving, man. You told uh, me to just keep them. Never, yep. No, I never quit really. Yep. Never, never, yep. never, you know, never pump and reel down. Never stop reeling in fact. Even know. those eight and nine pounders or that eight pound something you were catching uh, that the tournament there on the St. John's that final day. I mean that fish was in those little dollar pads and I mean you were just cranking on it. Yeah, that's all I know to do. Uh is uh and now of course I don't the nine pounders can change your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you played it cool though. I mean <laughs> how you're fighting, but it's just you know, um and and your your equipment is and you're obviously one of the probably did this better than anybody you don't hunt elephants with bb guns mm -hmm. yeah i know you don't hunt mm -hmm. i know you're not hunting i always have this giant butt end hanging right. out of my shoulder right there yeah. absolutely 25 30 pound test sometimes but yeah no that's good advice i've kind of fished like there's no tomorrow maximize every single day because you don't know what tomorrow brings no, you don't. It's just like here. We go, you know, you get thirty mile an hour winter. You're going out yeah. tomorrow. You know, are you going? Yeah. You know, you know what? What are you going to do? You know, it's uh, and and it, it's the governor's practice too. And that's the other part is you got to. I practice more based on the tournament day weather than I do on the on the practice day weather. So mm. because you know, but now they've taken that. That used to be a good strategy, because you couldn't take me off fish no matter how bad the weather was. But now they'll take you off fish. And so, so your strategy now has been blown by an organization that used to, they didn't used to cancel a day, and now they will cancel a day. That's what you're talking about, the off days and cancel days, right. Cancel yeah. days, it takes away so much advantage. Yeah. From, right. from a, from a, from a, because I know guys 
that are counting on they they can't get to their fish on on if they let you go. Right. I'm going to beat him that day. Right. Because exactly. I've practiced for fish to that kind yeah, of close. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. He says that all the time when yep. they'll cancel. He's like, dang it. Like, uh-huh. I had a plan. Like, right. I, yeah. I. Yeah. Strategy. Right. right. Yeah. And they, they, the cancel days kill your strategy because it's, uh, you know, and, 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 and you can tell who's politicking the cancel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, oh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's right a couple of guys, the same guys. Oh, yeah. I can't get to my what, fish as, cancel. <laughs> as soon as they say, oh, my wife's worried about me in this forecast, or I've got a family, it's like, oh, you know, it's, right. yeah, they're always politicking, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. That's probably one thing that's never changed in the last three decades you've been fishing is the politics is just uh, oh yeah no that's again we're all independent businessmen right. we, all, we all have a different opinion yeah <laughs> so, yeah right so um and just kind of as we're winding down here rick um so like you see some of these younger anglers uh not only with like gas prices and and, and sponsor you know sponsor dollars being completely tapped out um like what how do you see like this next crop of anglers coming up? I mean, w- without, you know, without family money, uh, you know, in this day and age, how is like the, the professional fishing climate, uh, for these young anglers? I mean, is it something you would recommend to your grandchildren? No, no. Or my, or my own children. Yep. Basically because nowadays, and I, and, I, and, it, and it worries me about the young anglers is, because, like you said, we the 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 tournament winners were. What do you use the term glamour? Uh, they're glorified. Glorified, you know? yeah, yeah, and that's true. Ray Scott was the best in the world at mm-hmm. it. He'll be a million 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 if he win one tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, it never was true. And uh, <laughs> uh, but seeing, I got into it. This is where I'm totally different from the other anglers. Here's my whole way to getting into the sport. I quit my job at the second largest computer center in the world. Exxon Oil Company, NASA was the only one the bigger. Wow. I went to my wife and I said, I'm going to quit and start professional fishing. I said, I, I work on the 10th floor of the Exxon building in downtown Houston. Most of the people here work eight hours a day. They fight traffic in and they fight traffic out. And, and they really didn't make a They made enough to pay the bills. Okay. I said, all I want to be able to do is pay my bills. I never thought about making a lot of money. I said, if I can pay my bills, and and that means live a different lifestyle, mm-hmm. and pay my bills, and do something I love to do, I can't ask for anything more. Yeah. And you pretty well have that should be your attitude now, but I know it's not. I know it's not. Right? Um, is they 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 they? It's why you know the other organization started up. It's kind of like what's happening in golf now. Yeah. It's all about the money, and mm-hmm. and no, it's no longer about doing something you'll have to do your whole life. Uh, so that's where I wish that more of them just would go into it with that mindset. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you got to create a different lifestyle, you know, you know but and it's desperation. Yeah. Bird to be a very good motivator for you. Mm-hmm. It was for me. I, I tend to perform in my early years when I was most desperate. That's not true with everybody. Some people it totally breaks down. Right. Yeah. So it's 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 uh you know it's 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 a chance. It's a huge chance, and that's why I wouldn't. I, if my one of my sons said, "Dad, I want to do it," I would help him every way I can. 
But I, I would tell him the same thing I just told you. Yeah. Don't just expect the, the, the creative. I said, if it doesn't mean it more than, I, I could guide all day and pay my bills. Yeah. So if I can just get a couple of sponsors to pay the, you know, some of the expenses, and then when I win, that's my windfall profit. Right. Yep. You know, winning is, but that's the key. It's yeah. winning. Sure. winning. Because the persons still aren't great. I'll be honest with you. I mean, they're not great by any means. They're terrible. But they, but no, uh, you know, poor old Ray Scott, he'd still be paying $10,000 if those other organizations. I made more money winning Red Men All American, 100000 than I made winning all my four classics. Wow. Okay. I made more money uh, two U.S. Opens than I. $50,000. They started yeah. They started having $50,000 per. That's the only reason Bass went up on their classic. Because the competition? Because the, the U.S. Open? Really? Yeah. Or, yeah. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, that. That and uh, in, in, in Red, Red Man, Man all yeah. American. Wow. So that's where you said earlier competition can, can be beneficial. I just, I, you know, I'm 10 years into this now. Some some of the Bass writers call me a veteran. I don't see myself a veteran <laughs> at all. But, I, I, you know, like this past ICAST, I went down to Florida there and just walking around, I'm seeing, you know, everyone's got the jerseys on, and it's like, you know, don't put the cart before the horse, man. It's like, you know, and I remember, I remember that first couple years and everything. It's like, it is so hard to be a professional bass angler, especially those first year, first couple years, man. You just gotta hunker in, survive, make a couple of top tens, let the people kind of, uh, you know, notice you. Um, but I, I just don't, this, this day and age, man, it's just, you know, with gas prices being what they are and just our touring schedule, I mean, it is not easy for those guys. Um, but yeah, yeah well, gas prices, I don't, I don't worry about them yeah. because see, here's where I have an advantage. Yeah. I remember tournaments that we didn't even know if we could get gas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no joke. Wow. They shut down the stations on the interstates at two in the afternoon. The oil embargo oh had hit. That's the, nuts. The, the marinas didn't know that they would even have gas. Get a shipment in. When we got there. Right. Uh, Forest Wood and several other industry people had to go to Congress or they were going to say you can't buy gas for a boat. Wow. So so these gas prices are okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know how to strategize it. I can get it. With that said, wow. Uh, I almost burned up a Sonic because I was carrying extra six-gallon gas tanks with me, you know, so I could have enough on the road. To, I was pulled in one night at a Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I'm at a Sonic with the boat behind me. You know how you have to drive? Oh, yeah. And I get a gas tank out, and I'm siphoning it in the back of my car, uh -huh. and then I'm ordering my sandwich. And finally, the guy next to me goes, hey, buddy, there's a lot of something running out from under your car. Ooh. Siphon tank had fell out. Oh, wow. And there's all these cars with people smoking. <laughs> and dropping their cigarettes. <laughs> well, I run in, like, you could just open oh, yeah. the bucket, just, and yeah. a mop, and I'm trying to clean up the Sonic parking lot. So Oof. it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you brought up the U.S. Open. I, I have some questions, okay? <laughs> and I hope that these don't offend you because I talked to a few people and I grew up like hearing these epic rumors about you, like just like legendary rumors of things you would do. And I talked to like Matt Pingrack and a few other people and we're like, are there things you've always wondered if they're true about Rick Kahn? And before, before you answer this, we could cut all this stuff. Yeah, out, so it can't like be you. cut. If I, if I ask something <laughs> too far, just say, you know, say, great. What are you thinking? Uh, so the first one is, um, it has to do with the U.S. Open. Uh, we heard that um, you used to get buck naked, like, to get, 
I don't know if this was part of the meditation process, you know, it'd be like 110 degrees out there and you didn't have a, a lick of clothes on or anything and you were doing your thing. Uh, no. <laughs> Dang it. I, I, I made that mistake one day. <laughs> <laughs> and burnt. <laughs> if you, that, that part of you that never sees the sun, yeah. I couldn't sit. I could not toasted. sit down for yeah. several days. Got so, toasted, no, yeah. No, so yeah, I take off clothes, but I didn't tell them to get butt naked. Yeah. So. I've seen you shirtless before. Yeah, that's you're in good shape. That's been a you're while. That's been shape. a while back from a distance. Yeah, from a yeah distance. sure. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so another one. I heard that. You traveled around with some sort of like wasn't a mountain lion, but some sort of big cat in your vehicle. I never heard that. It wouldn't have been Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> Cougar <laughs> So that's the only big cat. Yeah, that's the only one I could think of. Another strikeout. <laughs> that's a cool one, but no. That's another strikeout. Where Man. do you hear this stuff? In forums, the, fishing forums? No, no, that oh, came from man. a media person oh, that's gosh. been in media for a long time. Uh, another one. So uh, this is like more personal. I'd like to know this. Hopefully, this doesn't offend you. Uh, so I, I hear you hang out with um, some of the Native American tribes and stuff. Uh, do you participate in like peyote or anything like that or any of those uh, hallucinogens that, that have become all the rage these days with people who are into meditation? I have I did support and still do from time the Ogallala College here in South Dakota. Right, uh, wow. The Ogallala Lakota College. I have gone to their graduation ceremonies. Mm -hmm. uh, I always entertain the idea of doing peyote, but one of the things I read about it, you need to have a good guide, and I never, exactly. I never could find one. So mm -hmm. the answer was no, because uh, again, I, you know, I studied Ram Dost and Timothy Leary and all those guys that did mm -hmm. the LSD trip. Mm -hmm. That right. was kind of my age group, and it wasn't so much about getting high, expanding consciousness. Exactly. So, but I know I, de I didn't. I was. I didn't do that either. Uh, the, the, I did do uh, sweat lodges with them. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, but a sweat lodge is not considered, you know, the, the United States outlawed all of what they call their spiritual ceremonies. Okay. Uh, the, you know, the Sundance and a lot of these others, and, and they did the sweat lodge for a while, hmm. but it really was not a spiritual ceremony. It was a, 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 a ceremony to detox your body. Really, sure. Before you, it's kind of a meditative type deal right. before you would go to battle or go on a hunt, he'd be pure mind and pure heart. I mean, you just, you right. Know. So it was, it, it was, and I did do those, and those were incredibly beneficial to cleansing the body and cleansing the mind. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, I never did the peyote, um, the, because I, I, I study everything before I eat with sure. it. Mm -hmm. And the one emphasis was that you need to have. Somebody to guide, to guide you, you right? Guide you right. Mm -hmm. you, you don't. You would not because I think marijuana has this ability a little bit, and it's the only thing I ever took a little bit mm -hmm. back in my younger days. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, was that it can uh, it will attach itself to whatever your mood might be, mm -hmm. and, and emphasize that if you're in a good mood, it can make right. it better. If it's in a bad mood. But peyote had the same way. It can take you on, this, on a bad trip. Unless you have someone there to... Unless you have someone to kind of lead you into it mentally before you even did it. Yeah, uh, right. But, uh, and, and they, they uh, a friend of mine and I came up here, and he did the Sundance ceremony. 
which they've now allowed the Lakotas to do again. And that's where they pierce their chest. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And dance around the deal. Now, I didn't yeah, do that one either. Right. Wow. So, uh, but I know I was curious, mostly because my dad was raised in southeast Oklahoma in the Cherokee Choctaw Nation. Yep. And I suspected that he was, you know, but he, he wasn't, if you trust ancestry. But, and, I, and it kind of in this, or no, is I... I, I relate to the way they relate to nature. Okay, mm -hmm. if you wonder, and here's I'm, I, I sometimes talk too much. The only thing that all my studies have taught me about religion, and which I'm not involved in, is that the Native American philosophy was there was one spirit which moved through all things. It, it, it wasn't a private club. Mm -hmm. Right, it, it's an energy that moves through all things. Interesting, and, and all living things, all, all things, all things, things. Okay. Not anything okay. that has electrons and protons and vibrates, or even a rock does. Okay, yeah. So now that that there was an, uh, a, a, a oh, he, he, the Catholic Church eventually cut his head off, but and they kept him alive for so long because he the, the, the leaders really needed his knowledge. But they, he just professed, he kept telling them that their God was too small. And he basically said that they were a victim, of religion was a victim of what he called the gray elephant. That religion is all these blind people that are holding on to a piece of the gray elephant. One's got the tail and they said, this is God, I got God. And the other one's got the trunk. And, mm -hmm. But that, that makes it a private club. You, no, yours is not, mine is. What? And what that guy was telling them was that your God's too small. Open your eyes and see the whole hell of this. Right. <laughs> so, right. So anyway, right. enough of that. You may want to cut that out. No, no, no. That's, that's I, I like to hear, you know, everyone. That's the part that I related to more with Native Americans was their, their oneness with nature. Mitakuya Oyasa means all things are connected and that's all things within nature. And, uh, and the other thing is I had no word for goodbye. And, uh, Anyway, it's until we meet again. Mm -hmm. In other words, when we leave, they would never say goodbye to you. Because they know they're going to see you. Until again. we meet again. Right. And that meant now or in death. Sure. So, uh, so, wow. uh, so anyway, that's where I really, you know, to get to the Native American part, I, I really admired. Now, they, they weren't a perfect society. They fought each other, the Cheyennes, fought the Cherokees, the Lakotas, the Comanches, right. the Apaches. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did the same thing. They stole their women, and you know, <laughs> they need genetics. You know, good genetics. <laughs> so it wasn't like they were a perfect society, but I did like their connection to to nature. Nature, yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. Well, well, we're here in the Dakotas now, and I really appreciate you coming out, Rick, and, and hanging out in the mobile podcast here. I, I, uh, I, I mean, what better place than the South Dakotas to sit down in, in uh, the, the Dakotas and talk with you? So, Trey, you got anything else for him? No, he answered. Yeah, <laughs> I got no, through the awkward great. ones. No, that's really great, and uh, we appreciate just you know setting uh, setting some time aside during the tournament. Uh, by the way, so wish you lots of luck uh, here Thank this you. week, and uh, really appreciate you coming on. And we'd love to have you on uh, in the future. Maybe we can get dive. Yeah, maybe we could dive a little bit deeper into some of her questions. <laughs> yeah, I could get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I, I already already went one chapter too far. <laughs> yes, that no, that's good. uh that's a good thing about two, it being 2021. You can go further in things. 22. 22. See, <laughs> <laughs> you can go a little further. Uh, well, you can't. And this is off record, right? This, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Sure. But 
the one thing that I learned in the sport that was hard, and I know you've learned this too, is the hardest thing is I'd rather have real enemies than pretend friends. Yes. Me too. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, yep. and, and I, you know. At least you know where you sat. And, oh. Yeah. There you go. So that's why when I open my mouth, oh like my this, gosh. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're good. Oh, you're good. That's, you know. Yep. One of these days, I you know, I, I wish I had the kind of money that I didn't care what they yeah, thought. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They call that screw you money yeah. these days. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. cool. Well, well, thank you. I really appreciate it, Rick. That's uh, good stuff, man. Oh. Oh, let me have